Hi, welcome to the LS Fables podcast. I'm Liv. And I'm Sterling. And we're going to answer one of your questions about writing our books or the indie author process. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at LS Fables or here on Spotify. If you want more writing tips and tricks or information about our latest releases, join our newsletter at lsfables.com. Today's topic is character creation. That's a really pretty good one, um, and I think it's really individual. It really depends on how that person writes and how they create, and I think you and I are a little different in that department. Yes, we each have a different method of starting, definitely. I would say that I typically start with some sort of important character trait. Maybe mm-hmm. even fundamental character trait mm-hmm. for one of my characters. Or if not a fundamental character trait, then a character arc I want them to have. And I'll almost build them to have whatever they need to have that specific arc. Mm, you mean like redemption arc or... Well, for example, Delith mm-hmm. in Vassal, her character arc for Vassal was going to be largely one of losing her belief system. Mm -hmm. So in order for that to be particularly, I don't want to say helpful, uh, uh, impactful, Mm. but in order for that to be particularly impactful, then she needed to care a lot about her faith, be fairly dutiful and honorable. Mm -hmm. So, Delith grew out of me wanting to write that character arc. Right. And from there, it was just adding pieces until she was a whole person. Are your characters whole people before you start writing the story? Does that make sense? Like, you write the story... I don't know. And (laughs) (laughs) that's, that's kind of a tough question. When we were writing Vassal, like, I think just a couple months into knowing each other, you were like, oh my gosh, Delith was a a whole person from the beginning. And I'm not entirely sure how I did that. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of your characters do seem to be fairly complete by the time they meet the paper. Hmm. Um, Which I would definitely would say is not (laughs) an accurate statement for my characters. (laughs) My characters are barely conceived. <laughs> Before they hit the paper? Yeah. They might even have... They don't even have last names sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if that's, like, character conception or if it goes... If it has more to do with just paying attention to how people act. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not a whole character concept. It's just, like, a... How would a person act in this situation and trying to be realistic while still sticking to the things that they make them their own character. Mm. Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't I think that my characters probably have some of the least believable and the most believable traits squished together into some kind of insane hodgepodge that <laughs> inevitably works out. Um when I'm creating a character with Liv or outside of Liv, like, just on my own, which often happens because, like, I tend to make them and then be like, we need to make a story so this character can exist. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like, if Sterling is making a character, she, like, gets a name. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> some like general idea of like what their abilities are or or their uh, physical traits or skills, um, and and a general idea of where we're going with it. Yeah. So and then I just start writing them, and then they start telling me how they are. Um, and I will, I, it sounds like I'm a crazy person, but I will genuinely have a character take over and, and it can be a little difficult for the stories when they do that. They're like, no, I don't do this because I don't feel that way. I'm going to do this. Um, yeah. And some of my characters can be a little more gentle about that process. And some of my characters are blatantly like just completely in disagreement with how I wanted the story to go. They're like, I don't care about the plot that you made, Sterling. This is what's happening. This is how I feel. This is where I'm going. Um, and I, I often feel like I don't know my characters very well when I first meet them. And when I'm writing them, they just come out and I suddenly realize facets of them or aspects of them that I didn't know at all. I had no idea. Um, and Enyo and Tanwin are the two that really come to mind in our series, um, which um, you guys haven't met Tanwin yet, but she's in Priestess. Uh. Yeah, you know, I've spent quite a lot of time like reading articles by writers mm. or listening to podcasts by writers, mm -hmm. and the whole, what do I do when my character doesn't want to do what I want them to do, is something that comes up quite a lot in those talks. You have to get, like, character therapy. Yeah, it's like, time to go speak to your therapist with your character. <laughs> but um, the answer usually is, or the answers that I've liked the most is generally, if your character wants you to do something that you don't want to do, the thing you want to do is not where the story should go. Right. Like, it's like some subconscious level of your brain telling you, this way would be more interesting. This way is more exciting. This is more true to character. It makes more sense. Yeah, it sounds less crazy if you're saying it's my subconscious telling me. <laughs> versus Inyo in my mind being like, I'm not doing that and you can't make me. Well, another, like, idea is our characters are all kind of pieces of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And maybe we we take things that we see or that exist in the world around us, but you could say that we are an amalgamation of our perception. <laughs> so <laughs> everything around, all of our characters are just pieces of either us or our world. And those things all exist in our mind. Mm -hmm. So whether or not it's your subconscious or it's Inyo talking to you, it's basically the same thing because Inyo is part of your brain which is deeply disturbing <laughs> <laughs> Delith came from you but Enyo came from me uh, but the long and the short of it for character creation is I get a name and skills maybe a tiny bit of backstory oh they're a knight oh they're a baker um, and they hate baking because they're celiac I don't know but I have I mean vague details vague details um and as i'm writing the character will just kind of start evolving and i start learning who they are and when i'm done i don't have to think particularly hard about what would inyo do in this situation what would alphonse do it just comes out ah uh, yes uh, i don't it's very like feeling and really just letting it happen 
Yeah. I think my writing process in general is less letting it happen and more thinking about it, <laughs> which makes me slow. <laughs> well, also the typing with just the, the, the little vestigial arms. <laughs> uh, to our audience, I don't have vestigial <laughs> arms. <laughs> she has fully formed arms, but she types like a T-Rex. Uh, yes. Lovingly. No. But just just little T-Rex typing. Little claws <laughs> touching the keyboard. Uh, I think our main complaint is I don't use all my fingers. You don't use all of your fingers. They're all there. They all work. But you don't use them all. And it's really sad. <laughs> We've written almost three books. Four books. How many books have we written? A lot. How many count? <laughs> and we've gotten through it with my T-Rex typing. Anyway, my characters just kind of come out of me. I think that Liv, from what I've witnessed, they seem better. <laughs> like, they're not half-baked. They're, like, fully baked when they come out. Well, right now I'm being faced with a really interesting uh, character challenge. And that, it's... I'm writing characters that you came up with. Yes. Yes, and we haven't done that before. That is a new one. Um, so basically, Starling did what Starling does. <laughs> and one day, while I was uh, otherwise occupied uh, at, you know, the job. <laughs> the money factory. The money place. The place that pays me when I go there. Mm. Um, she went and designed all these characters in this world that we're now writing. <laughs> Which is how we usually start writing something. <laughs> but this is the first time where I didn't come up with the character concepts that I was going to be doing. And so I'm having to flesh out characters that weren't my own brainchild originally. Mm. Yeah, it's more like an acting role. Like, kind of. I'm like, here's the role, and here's the script, but you're going to actually really villain yeah the character especially because thankfully you did leave me quite a lot of room mm. so well because i don't half baked <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so they're baking yeah they should come they should come out quite done but and i love them dearly already so that's good mine are still gonna be half baked even though i made them <laughs> no <laughs> so for your character creation, do you have to have some kind of, like, visual or auditory inspiration? Auditory, generally, no. Mm. Sometimes they just come with it. Mm -hmm. But um, visual representation helps, but I think that I could probably write a character without it. I can write characters, I think, more accurately without visual representation really initially. I didn't know that and here we are spending all these hours on Pinterest boards <laughs> I feel like the pictures or visual representation alter my perception of the individual mm. which might be why Inyo is so intensely Inyo because we didn't really have any kind of picture for her until yeah. after she was written after the first book was written yeah, we the picture for her was an artist doing a picture of her yeah. versus us finding cool, you know, inspiration 
and oh look at this really beautiful scenery and oh wouldn't it be cool if we lived in a world where the city was on the side of a waterfall or whatever like we didn't yeah. have for Inyo specifically there was almost nothing besides like lava was the general vibe for Inyo yes and that might be why she is the way she is because I'm not falling back on something else and going oh well mm, well <laughs> well <laughs> um Maybe. I don't know. I don't I don't think my character, like, my mental character concept is changed by the pictures we pick. Mm. I think Doth would have ended up Doth if we hadn't found those amazing pictures. <laughs> or, um, Etienne, definitely. I hardly ever look at his character concept. Mm-hmm. Probably because he's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> No, I would I would say that I probably would do better without photos, but photos are not not photos, but the artwork aren't hindering to me, but they alter my perception. The moment okay. there's something else there, I kind of refer back to it, which means my imagination starts getting I wouldn't say even limited, but just directed. Hmm. That's interesting too, because for one of your primary characters in this next story we're going to write, you picked someone facing away from the artist. Does Do you think that gives you more freedom? Yeah. I'm This one, I, I can do everything I want with the face. Yeah. And I don't have any limitations there. I don't have any limitations with their front. <laughs> yeah. I guess I don't feel bound by the artwork we pick. I don't know if bound is even the right word. It's just that once it's in my head, it's really hard to get rid of. Mm, yeah. It's like painting that does make sense Mm. so you start with an arc usually yes or in the case of the latest one where you basically gave me a character role character role yes to fill then it's like what kind of person would end here end up here in this situation yes or with these skills with these skills Mm. especially or would be able to accomplish this before the story starts so that they're in the right position and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And that's been really interesting because we like we love those characters more who have a lot of skills or are in a high position when they had to work for it, mm-hmm. when they didn't have it all lined up for them. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you give them some of what they need, but not all of what they need. <laughs> And mix in some oddities, because people are strange, self-contradicting creatures. And... Yeah. Yeah. So you go, like, character arc, or if I provided you with something, you work with that. Yeah, if you... I have a concept, then I'll start with it, but mm. that you've provided. But if I don't, then I'm like, uh, any obby in the Contender series, it's like, I want to write what we would consider a fairly bad person going through uh, the processes that she she kind of goes through in order to become someone who does a lot of good for her people. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's not exactly an arc, it's kind of an arc. <laughs> but that that sort of thing, how do you create a, a, a really charismatic leader mm-hmm. out of somebody who's probably not that great of a person? <laughs> yeah, the Contender series is very odd, for me, because we took these pieces and we said, I want a story that includes 
these individuals in this setting. Yeah. I want a story that includes this type of revolution or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And then created a world around them and it just worked out. Yeah. <laughs> but they're highly, uh, like, really different locations and really different... Characters. Yeah. And... So that, I don't know how the Contender series just kind of worked itself out. I feel like the characters you've written for them are quite complete. I I, I like uh, Dene quite a lot. Mm-hmm. I think she reminds me a lot of any young girl. <laughs> so... Well, I was once small. Once small. Yes. You once came a miniature. Not for long. I was always a tall <laughs> individual. <laughs> I was a tall baby. Uh, yeah. So, to summarize, character character creation, I just barely get any kind of concept whatsoever, maybe a setting or a skill set, and then they just come out of me like a crazy person. <laughs> and if I'm really attached to them, or they're really attached to me, they control me, and they control the story, and uh, it's almost impossible to do anything against what they want, especially if they're highly opinionated or strong-willed like Inyo or Tanwin. It's very difficult to debate with them about where we're going, because they are not going there. Yeah. Uh, So that's my character creation, uh, which, you know, I've had characters like that before. I have a crazy space alien who likes to blow things up, and... uh, she, and I'm like, come on, let's try the reasonable path. And she's like, this could be better with fire. <laughs> All right. I didn't think that that building had to be lit on fire, but I guess it is. <laughs> that was Maeve. She's yeah. amazing. But your character creation, to summarize. Starts generally with a character arc. And then the character, I build them the kind of person that would go through that arc. mm I also really enjoy having my characters be contradictory creatures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not generally as in, like, not always, like, they're contradictory to their society or just wild, but that they have inner conflict because they don't always agree with themselves. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm thinking of your characters, Etienne's super conflicty. Yeah, I think it makes for a nice drama. Yeah, no, I like it. Antsy. And <laughs> Wen's relatively conflicty. Yes. Delith ah. goes through some conflicted places, especially in Vassal, when she's losing her faith. And... Mm-hmm. Delith feels less conflicty to me, but that might just be because she's she's directional. Like, she's going where she's going, right? Yes. And Wen and Etienne are both wishy-washy. Wishy-washy. Am I going left? Am I going right? What am I wearing today? Like, they're just... A little more wishy-washy. And I, you know, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. But I think that's why Delith comes off as less conflicted. It's because she's really very straightforward. She's a straightforward person. Mm-hmm. So it's like she does experience internal conflict, but after a decision's made, it's like set in stone. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And she does then struggle if that has to change. Yes. That's a big struggle for, for her. Uh, Whereas yeah. change would not be that difficult for, say, Etienne. Yeah. Because he's more wishy-washy. Yeah, all right, right. Which is me in real life. (laughs) Yes. You and Etienne have a lot in common. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's a pretty good wrap-up for our podcast. Thanks for listening today, guys. And again, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at LSFables 
or join our newsletter by visiting our website, lsfables.com.